0: September the 11th, 2001, is a day that will long be remembered as a day of tragic loss. There were 4,000 people needlessly lost their lives. There were future leaders of the nation, doctors who could have saved many, scientists who may have found a cure for cancer, evangelists who may have led thousands to the Lord. Sadly, their lives, their destiny was cut short. But something happened the following day, and every day since then, that hasn't made headlines. For well, you see, September the 12th, 2001, over 4,000 people were killed again. September the 13th, 14th, 15th, and every day, almost 4,000 babies lose their life as a result of abortion. Almost 4,000 a day. Almost 28,000 a week. 112,000 a month. 1,220,000 a 220,000. A year. By the time I finish this sermon, approximately 140 babies will be aborted. On this September 11th, a terrorist killed over 4,000. The outcry was great. Something had to be done. The cry of pain was heard throughout our nation. Swift and accurate justice was rendered. 4,000 babies aborted. murdered every day but we have no weeping, no anger, no outcry there is some but we forget, we forget today is sanctity of human life Sunday it's a time that we want to stop and remember lest we forget what is taking place not only do I want us to look upon the sanctity of human life as far as the the unborn babies are concerned but I believe it's time that we really do focus on the sanctity of all human life for we see that often we can get to the point even ourselves thinking that we're not much Uh, we don't have uh, all that we'd like to have I don't like the way I look I don't even like the way and on and on we can say we don't like and, and then there's some folks we can pick out and we say they're not worth much and I guess somebody could pick us out and say they're not worth much. But last morning I want, us, I, want us to, I want to encourage you as we look at God's word to see how important and how God thinks about us. It makes a difference who makes the estimation. If it's the one who created us, I want to listen to see what he says. We're going to talk, turn to Psalm 139. Uh, I would encourage you to read it often, read it often, read it often. I'm going to read it the first time. I'm going to read it from the message. It's one of the wonderful pieces of material, translations on the market, and I read it often. Psalm 139, God, investigate my life. Get all the facts firstborn or firsthand. I'm an open book to you, even from a distance. You know what I'm thinking. You know when I leave and when I get back, I'm never out of your sight. You know everything I'm going to say before I start the first sentence. Look behind me and you're there. Then look up ahead and you're there too. Your reassuring presence coming and going. That's too much, too wonderful. I can't take it all in. Is there any place that I can go to avoid your spirit, to be out of your sight? If I climb to the sky, you're there. If I go underground, you're there. If I flew on the morning's wings to the far western horizon, you'd find me in a minute. Are you ready there waiting? Then I said to myself, Oh, he even sees me in the dark. At night, I'm immersed in the light. It's a fact. Darkness isn't dark to you. Night and day, darkness and light, they're all the same to you. Oh, yes. You shaped me first inside and then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God. You're breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit, how I was sculptured from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. In the stages of my life, you were spread out, they were spread out before you. The days of my life are all prepared even before I lived one of them. Psalm 139 is a marvelous, marvelous passage of Scripture. It talks about the wonder, the wonder of God. The first seven verses, the the psalmist tells us that that the wonder of God is is the wonder of his knowledge. He says that God knows what we do. He knows what we think. He knows where we go. He knows what we say. He knows what we read. and knows what we need. A wonderful Lord who knows all about us. He's all-knowing. All knowing. Then verses seven through twelve, he talks about the wonder of God's presence. God's always there. He's always here. Greatest freedom is in God's presence. The psalmist says, if I go to the height, he's there. If I go to the depths, he's there. If I go to the east, he's there. If I go to the west, if I go land, if I go sea, night or day, God is always there. Why is he always there? He's not there wanting to punish us. He's not there to find out what we're doing wrong and beat us. He wants, he he knows where we are, and he wants to be there because he said, I want to do you good and not harm all your life. God's desire for knowing us and being with us is not to get us. It is to encourage us. It is to to bless us. But then verses 13 through 18 is one I want us to focus on because we find the wonder of God's power. If I had been the one to write about the wonder of God's power, surely I would have chosen the creation. We look to see about the God just speaking and it came into existence. God doing this and he said it's good. I would have picked out the power of creation. But the scripture tell us, as it talks about the power of God, talks about the power of God in creation, the creating rather of man, the birth of man, Adam and Eve, you and me. This is this is where the power. This is the power of God that the scriptures the scriptures talk about. First of all, want us look that that often we uh, uh, we don't see the miracle of of the birth, uh, and we don't see how uh, how marvelous that is. But God does because you see He's the one who created us. God is the first of all. The psalmist says God is the author of life. In the 39th, uh, one thirty nine, I want you to look at verse thirteen. Of the Of this chapter, and i 'm going to look at the, the king James version because that 's probably what most of you have for he has possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother 's womb. A good translation would be that that he has created me, and he's, he has knit my inside God God made the inside the psalmist says he has he has made me, he has created me he 's thorned me. One translation says he has in embroidered me with various colors. He has embroidered me. I love embroidering. It's beautiful, but it's something that's intricate. And it's not just thrown together. It's not just thrown together. He says, in, in my, my substance, he's talking about his bones. It uh, seemed like I spent about half my time either going to the doctor and making appointments to go. Uh, Saturday, uh, I had a chance. Uh, uh, we went to, well, uh, let's see, we went to the orthopedic surgeon. Uh, but several weeks ago, I go, had to go and get an injection in my shoulder, and I was sitting in Dr. Layman's office, and I waited and I waited. And I looked over to my left. And there was a, a big, beautiful outline of the skeletal system. I looked, I looked at the at the toes, and I thought, "This little pig went to market. This little pig stayed home. This little pig. <laughs> Or, or I looked at that the toe bone connected to the ankle bone, the ankle bone connected to the leg bone, leg bone. But no, I looked at it and I said, that is amazing. And I started, I started counting and I started looking. I thought, that is absolutely marvelous. And I just sat there and I wondered at that skeletal system. And Dr. Lehman came in and said, I'm sorry I'm late. I said, no, sir, I'm glad you're late because I said, I've been sitting here in this office worshiping. I said, I've been looking at that. I said, anybody could look at that and say God's not is not in, involved in our world. It just can't have much sense. Well, then uh, last Wednesday, I had to go to MUSC, the cardiologist, and we were sitting waiting and looked on the wall, and there were all these veins and, and the arteries and, and thousands of miles of little red lines going this way and that way. And I thought, wow, how wonderful. That is marvelous. That is mar-. And that's exactly what... The psalmist, David said, they didn't know all about what we know today, but David said, we are fearfully, when they said, I realize we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Fearfully and wonderfully made. The psalm that we have been quoting for the last several weeks, it is he, it is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. The reason the psalmist was sharing this. He says that, that God is involved. Yes, the, the woman is carrying the baby in her womb, but David says God did not just create Adam and Eve, and then Adam and Eve and then on started creating. He says that, that it is so meticulous that God was as personally involved in his life and every one of our lives as he was in the creation of Adam. No wonder you say wonderfully made. Wonderfully made. Here he is. Here we are in 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 this as in the lower parts of the earth, in the in the mother's womb. And, 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 and God, even though the woman is carrying the God is doing the knitting. He is doing the putting together. He's saying, ah, that's exactly what I want. That's exactly what I want. He's putting it together. And can you imagine? It almost overwhelms me. That here God is in the body of a woman producing a child and yet we go in and we're going to destroy it at the same time. God is creating. Mankind is destroying. We're such fearfully and wonderfully made. And please... Help me understand, let me understand. I know that, that some of you have gone maybe through some pain in this area. And God is a wonderful, wonderful love caring God. All I'm, all I'm trying to say this morning is, is, is how important you are. How important the unborn baby is. How important everybody on earth is. They're created. They're created by God. The psalmist says, I'm curiously wrought that intricate put together, intricately put together. He goes on to say, My substance was hid from thee, verse 15, when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest part of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance. Your eyes saw my bones as they were being created. Yet nothing was perfect yet. It wasn't completely created. And in thy book, all my members were written. Now, God, this is a, I believe the word is, anthropomorphic, I've wanted to use that word for a long time. It is a it is a description of God having a book. Now God doesn't need a book, he remembers everything. But here here is here's the picture. God has plans. He's the architect of your and my life and he is putting it just exactly like he wants him. I've never been privileged to live in a custom built house. The houses that I've lived in uh were in a vet were in the community and you had one that looked like this and one like that, one like that, and then another one looked like that one, that one and that, you know. But uh some of you have an opportunity living in a custom built home, which means that uh an architect has worked on it and and probably not another house just exactly like that one. Well, this is Jesus. I mean, the scripture talking about God is that he is, he is building custom houses. And you're one of them. You're one of them. And the more we understand about the human body, the more we realize how different everybody is. We used to think that the fingerprints were, and they were pretty accurate. They are accurate. But now we, we talk about the genes and, and the DNA and, and all this, how different everybody is. No of the psalmist says, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, I was preaching this uh, several several years ago, something of this nature sharing how wonderful you are. And I kept saying it over and over. And, and one of Camille's class, Sunday school classes said, a lady said, that last week she said I, I came in, to- in touch with so many people they gave me such a hard time but I kept saying to my, you're fearfully and wonderfully made you're fearfully and wonderfully made she said somebody tried to put me down I just say no, I wouldn't say to them but she said I'm fearfully and wonderfully made wouldn't it be wonderful it's morning if we could get up and look in the mirror and say I'm fearfully and wonderfully made you see David he wasn't perfect but he can say, just thinking about what all has gone into this creation, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And every one of us can say that, regardless of how ugly we are, regardless of how good looking we are, regardless regardless, we are wonderfully, wonderfully made. Say this with me. I, I am, am fearfully, fearfully and, and wonderfully, wonderfully made. made. Now, let's put it all together. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. We are God's creation. And then the psalmist goes on to say, which in continuance were fashioned when yet there was was none at all. God says, I was involved in it before you were not anything. It was still in my mind. God had you and me in his mind before he ever created the earth. He says in, in the Romans, that some, I, to heed before the foundation of the world. You see, God had us in mind. And what does he do? He goes out and he builds a world. He creates a world that needs it has oxygen, has plants, animals, water, sunshine, darkness. And then God places us here. We weren't the afterthought, we were the beforethought. God didn't create the world, he didn't think about us. He thought about us and created the world. He built the world so that we could enjoy it and live in it. Now, how does that make you feel? It makes me feel like I want to say I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Makes me, want to, makes me want to sing. Jesus loves me, this I know. Join me. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Then, verse 17, he said, How precious are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. When I first read this, I read it, How precious are my thoughts of you, O God. He said, No, how precious are your thoughts unto me O God how great is the sum of them if I try to count them God's thoughts of you and me are numberless more numberless than the sands of the sea David said probably maybe when he was writing this psalm he might have had to pause but he probably dozed off to sleep and then he woke up and he thought Well, I was thinking about God when I went to sleep. And when I woke up, I was still thinking about God. But he said, God didn't sleep at all. God was thinking about me even when I was asleep and couldn't think about him. How wonderful, he says, how wonderful it is. When I wake, I'm still with thee. God thinking about us. He thought of us before the creation. He thought of us during the creation. He thought of us while we were being born. He thought of us as we were born. He thought of us growing up. He thinks about us now. Can you imagine? God. God's thinking of me. God's thinking of me. And if God thought, us, thought about us before and during and now, no wonder he could say take no thought fret not for I, 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 I clothe the lilies and I take care of the flowers do you think I wouldn't care for you O oh, ye of little faith how marvelous is God's thoughts of us taking care of us at every stage of life And then he tells us, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Yeah, it's he that has made us and not we ourselves. You believe in God? Believe also in me. Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll return again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also if I should count them they are more in number than the sands of the sea when I wait I am still with thee I want to serve someone who sees me in the day in the night and day and night are the same to him I want to be obedient to one who loves me that much. And I want to listen to what He says. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is, your, which, which is your reasonable service, and don't be conformed to the world but be transformed by the renewing of her mind that she may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God's will is good, it's acceptable, and it's perfect. He went to so much meticulous uh, energy to bring life for us. Oh, I hope this morning, I pray this morning that you'd leave with awareness that you are fearfully and wonderfully made my desire also is, is that you would, you would somehow come up with a way in your own life that you can say to people with whom you come in contact, you are fearfully and wonderfully made and God has a wonderful plan for your life. We need to be saying that. need to be saying that to our children, to our grandchildren, to our neighbors. We need to be saying that to strangers. There's not a soul that we can say, God has a wonderful plan for your life and have to lie. He has a wonderful plan for our lives. And that plan is to do us good and not harm. If we come and see a passage like this, we think of the wonder, the wonder. We can't answer it all. I, 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 you know, I, if I had to sit down and prove what I've just told you, I can't do it. But the wonder is that God, if God is limited, if God is a limited God, he's not God. And so today... Wherever you are and whoever you are, you don't have to wonder what God thinks about you. You don't have to wonder whether he has a plan for you or not. You don't have to wonder the way he's going to do you good or not. It says over and over and over in the scriptures. Today, we're going to sing in just a few moments our hymn of invitation. Maybe there's someone here today who's had fear that if they trust God, he's just wanting to get them to follow him, so he can zap them. No, God's not that kind of a Lord. The Bible says if we be an evil parents know how to give good gifts to our children how much more the father how much more the father and so this morning maybe someone says i i, I don't i've not put my hands my life in the lord's hands i don't know what it is to be born again but i, I i'm wanting to today the scripture is if 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 Thou shalt confess with thy mouth that Jesus is Lord and, and believe in thine heart that God raised him dead. Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You need to trust Christ Jesus. Maybe there's someone here or someone who, who need to rededicate your life. Maybe right where you stand, maybe you need to come here. Maybe you need to share with me. Maybe not. Maybe there are those who, who feel like the Lord wants you to be a part of this fellowship. And so we're going to have a moment of prayer and then we're going to stand and sing together and have an opportunity to respond. Now, Lord, thank you. Thank you for bringing us to this point in life. Thank you for bringing us today and worship in this fellowship. I thank you for the fact that we are wonderfully made. It's just more than we can take in. And so I pray that we would see life Human life given by you is is wonderful. It's like you breathed into it. Maybe count no person worthless because you don't count them worthless. Lead us to now now in, in these moments as we come to our time of decision. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me stand.